0: To today's Great Quote for Coaches. All right, and welcome back to the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. And this week is another one of our interview episodes in which I interview a um, coach or leader of some sort, uh, so you don't have to just listen to me spout off about a quote. Uh, And today is a real treat for me because this is... um, our first episode was a a former guy I coached with, um, but this is a a former student and athlete uh, that I taught and coached. Silas, did I I had you for English class? I think for one semester, I believe. Yeah, uh, yep. but yep. I, I I know I remember I coached you in football, and I I really use that term loosely. You were a football player. I happened to be a coach in the program. I don't know how much coaching of you I actually did, but, uh, but I digress. Uh, so this is really exciting for me to have a former, a former student athlete uh, on t- today. Uh, and his name is Silas Counts, and I'm going to let Silas uh, actually introduce himself, tell you a little bit about his, because the beauty of Silas is not only is he a former student athlete, but he's also one who went on and became a coach and also has become an administrator as well. So uh, let me introduce to everybody Silas Counts silence welcome to the podcast
1: hey thanks for having me scott i appreciate it uh you know i've been uh blessed and uh gifted to be able to go into the profession of education this is my 20th year uh in education um i've been five years in administration now and going on my 25th year of coaching i started coaching before i was finished in college um i'm also a National DI presenter. I presented for SDE for five years on uh, their circuit that was in Las Vegas, the biggest educators conference in the world. Wow. Um, so I've, I've got some experience uh, all over. I've coached. I've been a head coach in high school for football, wrestling, and track. Okay. And so I've, I've seen a lot of different style of athletes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing though. You, there's no way you've coached for, um, you know, that long because I certainly couldn't be that old Silas. So, um, I don't know how you did it. You must've been a child prodigy when you started coaching. That's what it was.
1: (laughs) I've heard something like that. I don't know if it's true. I kind (laughs) of doubt that. (laughs) I think I thought you were forty-nine.
0: Oh yeah, well I I, I could only remember for barely remember forty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, people are are here to hear a, about a quote, and uh, this is called great quotes for coaches. And you know what we what we try to do here is talk about a quote that's been impactful in some way to us, uh, inspirational, whatever term you want to use. So Silas, what is your quote today, and who said it?
1: So my quote is from the late, great Patrick Swayze um, in his movie uh, from 1991, Point Break. Uh, his actor name was Bodie, and it is, it's not tragic to die doing what you love. Okay. And, Patrick uh,
0: Swayze, but one of those, yep. just the, the, the icons of great quotes in our world, and yet... You're right. This is a great one. Uh, and, and we were talking beforehand off air, and I really love some of the things that, that you've um, that you found in that. So what did you find? Explain what you think it means and, and what you've found so helpful for you and impactful for you.
1: Well, um, back when you were part of the football program, as you said before, <laughs> um, and I was an athlete in high school, uh, sports was my love at the time. And as we know, our loves change over time everybody's does and but at that time uh sports was my love and football was my first love and um scott here he introduced us to how to be in top shape and i mean top shape uh people said that we could outrun the cross-country team and i highly believe that um but to the point where i applied this quote was um i love sports so much uh so i figured it wasn't tragic to die doing what i love, now, don't get me wrong, I didn't love to run, especially long distance. I'm a big guy. I was built for long distance. Um, and, but I looked at it as, you know, you needed to be in shape to perform. This was a step in doing that. This was a step in, in helping me achieve my goal to be a successful athlete. So I was, I was willing to, you know, give it my all, literally. Um, and uh, that was my first experience with this quote, because this quote came out right before I came, went into high school. Mm-hmm. Um and and I also applied it to my my true love of wrestling as time grew um and I'll go into that a little bit further but um I would train in wrestling to the point of exhaustion and almost passing out um it's it's a very intense sport and uh when you want that ultimate prize and what I was in search of was a state championship you must be willing to push yourself to that point of catastrophic failure and uh that you know can cause you to uh, feel like you're dying sometimes when you train that hard as sure. many athletes will tell you. Sure. Um, and then, you know, as I went in to um, coaching after about the first five years, it kind of gave me a new meaning. And uh, I, I realized I was giving these, these little nuggets of wisdom to all my athletes, kind of like what, what you did with all of yours over the years coach. And uh, along with that, we give up a lot of our time and that's, that's time that we feel is valuable that we give to these athletes because we feel that they're worth investing in as, as most coaches in this world do. Otherwise you wouldn't do it because it's sure not for the pay. It's absolutely not. (laughs) So, um, anyhow, and I realized that I wasn't getting those, um, pieces of time back and, and I was pouring out parts of my soul and passion for the sports. And, and so, um, Basically, in a way, kind of sucking the life out of me to pass it on to that next generation of athlete and um, push them to the point that you so kindly helped push me in getting me ready to uh, be a better athlete. And so that that kind of took that meaning for me um, in that regard. And then, you know, this is not a shameless plug, but I have a lot of family that have went into the military and their love for country. Is, I mean, that that is the ultimate sacrifice that some of those folks have made, yep. and uh, I mean, that puts a whole nother spin on this, this quote for me. I've had most of my family come back, thank God, but mm-hmm. uh, there's some that haven't, and I have many family members that uh, served in World War One, World War Two, and Iraq, and so that puts a spin to that quote that's a little off the beaten path of, of sports, but Still, nonetheless, it applies to that quote very much so. Um,
0: Well, and and when you think about what you've just said, you know it's not tragic if you die, you know, doing something you love. And of course, you didn't die when you were running for football or for soccer, and you didn't die when you um, gave so much of yourself to your kids. But it was that it was that feeling that I am giving everything I've got to something. And and there's pain and there's sacrifice, and yet yep. it's okay because I'm yep. doing something that I absolutely love. And and so yes. th- th- those are great points. And then you take it to the next level of what our our you know servicemen and women do. Um, and of course, un- unfortunately, some have to pay the ultimate price. And it truly is what you just said. For for some, it is. It is not tragic because they've done this because of how much they love their country and they love serving their country, and um, yeah, it it's it just gets you know just, I just kind of get chills. It's just it's so powerful because of the how many you know thousands and thousands of people who've gone before us in that way, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's certainly you know I, you know I, I kind of made light of it a Patrick Swayze quote, and yet. It's a hugely powerful quote, especially when you take it t- to that kind of a level, you know. So, right. yeah, really, really good.
1: Um, I mean, and then so so moving on in life, like I said, you have changes in loves and passions, and, and 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 that moved me into the next phase uh, that I'm in, and that's that's that of being a, a, a father. Mm-hmm. And there's a um, picture out there that's got a man a silhouette of a man and a silhouette of a boy. And there's little pieces missing from the man going to the boy to build him into a man. Mm-hmm. And ultimately at the end of time, the man will dissipate into nothing because he's given his all to making that young man whole and a good man. Yeah. So that, that is something, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, all, all I have left is going into that process right now. Um, because it's, you know, it is not tragic that I am doing what you love and I love being a dad more than anything else I've ever done. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my, my coup de grace so to speak.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh you're going to get me crying here cause I'm just thinking about my <laughs> boy and all that I've done. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it, cause I love him so much. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 it trying to help him grow into, you know, into a man. And he's a a sophomore in college right now. And, and yeah, it's, uh, but it's the best there, you know, uh, there, I wrote a post a few years back called, um, uh, my name is coach and it was a play on John Wooden's, they call me coach. And, and Mm -hmm. what I was saying in it is how uh, other than dad, there is no, no name that I get called that means more to me than the name coach, you know? Yep. Absolutely. And and I've had kids like yourself and from your time and all the way back to, you know, before I, I moved to Montana and coached you out here, uh, when I was coaching back in Illinois, I still have 52-year-old kids now, kids, they're 52 years old, uh, who call me coach, <laughs> you know, and and it's still, it. it I, I think it's a title that once you wear it, you darn well better wear it the right way and with the right amount of, of pride, certainly, but with also the right amount of responsibility. And yet in that post, I said, there is nothing that I enjoy to be called more though than dad. That's the first mm-hmm. one. And uh, that's why when you were saying that about, you know, the, that picture, and it it's just, it's so right on, you know, because we pour that into our kids. And my stepdaughter, I came into her life, you know, when she was around nine or so. And, you know, I did the same early on with her and, and as as we grew together. And then my son comes along and, you know, there's nothing better than that. And you're absolutely right. It's, it is... It, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, we're not, I, I do get the point, a, a little piece of you is, you know, as you move on, and they're building up, we're kind of moving on in life. I do get that. Um, so yeah, that's a really powerful image that you're talking about there. And I totally
1: agree. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, as well as I do, that we would bend over backwards and do anything for our kids. We, it's just the way we're wired not everybody's wired that way. And unfortunately that's some of the problems that we have in this world, but boy, we try to make up for it with all that we can in our kids' lives and then coaching as well. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes we're that support system that they may not have at home.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was thinking, yeah, and there are some kids who don't necessarily get that same feeling at home. And we, as teachers, coaches, other, you know, whatever, you know, scout leader, I mean, band directors, whoever often, step into that role in so many ways for so many kids. And uh yeah, it's a critical, critical piece. And when you get to wear both those hats like you and I have been able to do and like so many of the people who will be listening to this get to, it's it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of responsibility and, and we need to take it, it is. You know, take it seriously, you know. Yeah. It's
1: funny you say the scouting thing because I'm actually on the the scouting executive board here. I was an Eagle Scout. I finished out my senior year as an Eagle Scout. So yeah, I also do that too, but um, oh, wow. it, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting how we get to see over time, and I, I know you've, you've got to see it a lot more than I have because I haven't been in it as long as you have, but get to see some of the successes that our former student-athletes have had, it, it, it's almost as good as being a dad. Mm-hmm. that pat on the back that, you know, you can give yourself when you do something good as a dad, Yeah, it can be given when you do that good as a coach and get to see those kids be successful. And they come back and tell you, Hey, you made a huge difference. You were my, you were my turning point. You were, you were somebody that helped me get over that hump, whether it be athletics or, uh, you know, socially or, or academic.
0: Yep. Yep. Or it's dealing big. with some issue in school or, uh, mm-hmm. Silas, you're so right. And, you know, <laughs> there are so many times and those are the greatest paychecks we'll ever get in, in our, in yep. our world, you know, of, of teaching and coaching and administrators is when though you know, you've made a difference when a kid tells you, you know, especially, you know, later on in life. And, uh, I'll never forget my first year out here in Montana. I went back to visit, um, back to Illinois and I'd been at that school for 11 years. I was out with my best friend and we were out one night at a restaurant and a kid comes up to him who we, we both had taught and, um, and, and coached. but this, this kid was in, in my friend's English class when he was a freshman. And he said, you know, I just wanted to tell you, Mr. Kagan, and all that blah, blah, blah. And he said this thing about, you know, when you said this, you know, um, that really helped me get through high school. And it really pushed me through college because there were times I was thinking about not getting out and, or not, not staying with it. And, and I just graduated and I just got, I'm starting my new job at blah, blah, blah. And and it was because of what you said. And I, I get, ch- I have chills right now talking about it because I still remember that was 1994 when this kid said that to him and, we finished, uh, and of course, my friend was very, you know, complimentary. You know, it was all you, Sean. Great job, blah blah blah. Congrats. The kid walks away, and my friend turns to me and says, "I don't remember saying what he just said." I said. And it was such a <laughs> it, yeah. And it was such a pivotal moment for me as a teacher and a coach because we're always throwing lines out at kids, whether mm-hmm. in the classroom or coaching or whatever, and we think Absolutely. the ones that we're saying this is the really important one, and this is the one you're going to take, and this is going to guide you through life. And then there's other things we're throwing out there, and kids are going. Oh, I'll take that one and sticking it in and it becomes, yep. and so you got to be careful with everything you say to these kids, yes. you know, because you never know which nuggets they're going to hook onto. Exactly. You know, but the beauty is, is they do. And uh, yeah, you're right. Um, and that's, that's one of the great things about what we get to do in, in teaching and coaching is, is you get to have a small part in some kid's life. And you're right. You watch them go on and be successful or do whatever it's nice to know, hey, I, I may have had a little bit of something to do with that. And then when they come tell you you did, like you just said, absolutely, yep. that's the best. That's awesome.
1: It is the best. Yeah. It don't get much better than that. Yeah. And then, you know, so, so we go on in our phases in life um, throughout and ironically, almost two years to the day, uh, September 28th, 2018. I, I actually had to apply this uh, in a different, a different aspect, uh, this, this quote in a different way uh, a way that I never thought I would, would actually have to do. Uh, when I was, when I was young and wrestling in high school, um, at that point in time, it was my second love. It wasn't my first, it was football and it's my sophomore year. And, uh, over time, as you know, we had a lot of changeover at the head coaching position and, and there wasn't the ability to, to develop those, uh, continual relationships with a head coach because I had a different head coach every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it kind of pushed me over into the wrestling realm a little bit more. And, and, I, and I fell in love with that as time went on. But it wasn't until I uh, was my sophomore year I was wrestling, and I, I had a meltdown. Uh, frustration got the better of me. And uh, I remember costing the team a team point. I did something not very smart. And I don't even honestly remember what it was, but I had, a uh, the team captain, he pulled me over to the side and, uh, this just resonates with me. He, he, he said, I have the ability to be really good at this sport, something that not everybody can do. And, uh, but I have to, to focus and push myself, uh, to the point of breaking because no one is just going to give it to me and lie down out there for me. And that was my turning point in that sport. That sophomore year, I went from winning, I think, two matches my freshman year to uh, going about 600 my sophomore year, which is a big jump, wrestling varsity. And, uh, you know, that person was none other than the, the three-time D1 All-American runner-up and, and Gregorian award winner, the legendary Quizzle, you know, who passed away mm-hmm. here two years ago yesterday. Uh, and I think he was one of your students yep. uh, where you were at park as well. And, uh, you know, so the way that I relate this quote to that was Larry was an avid hunter, avid, avid hunter. When we were kids, he, he we, we were always hunting, sharing uh, the stories of our uh, excursions, so to speak, and getting together in some of them. Um, and he went out bow hunting and was bugling elk. And this guy is one of the most fittest people I knew. He did Ironman, worked out religiously, and he went out and was bugling elk and had a a massive heart attack and died there. And so painful as it was, he left behind three children and a wife, a high school sweetheart. Um, That quote came full circle for me. It came back in, you know, and gave me some comfort in regards to the fact that, you know, Larry loved to hunt so much. So it it's not tragic dying, doing what you love that gave me a peace of mind in that way that he went out doing something that he absolutely loved to do. Did he, I'm sure he didn't want to leave at that time, but at least he got to do it doing something that he loves. And that kind of goes back to the service members as well. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how that quotes come full circle in my life so far. And I'm sure I'll be able to apply it in many, many more, uh, applications as i get older.
0: Absolutely. And you know, and we will know more people as we continue on in life who will, you know, eventually pass away. And it's it really brings up a, an interesting point is you do, you know, you hear this people all say this all the time, just like what you've just said, you know, did they 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 went doing something they that they loved? and I, what i loved about what you just said about larry is he was an incredible kid i, I actually did not ha- ever have him in class he i i i'm trying to remember the timing your what year did you graduate
1: 96
0: 96 okay he graduated
1: uh, in 95
0: yeah, and so I was just back. I was there the one year, gone to Derby for one year, and then back to Park the next year. So it was your uh, senior year, I think. I came back. Maybe it was your junior. So I, I knew Larry, though. You know, uh, and of, of course with the Wests, uh, you know the connection there. Mm-hmm. And so, but he was such a great guy. I mean, you know, and I knew him as you know through wrestling. I was down coaching basketball. You guys would be up upstairs wrestling. So you know, you know everything about him was just quality and. What I love about that story though, is here's a, a captain, uh, you know, um, an older kid coming to you when you've cost the team a point and some, some captains would have handled that a whole lot differently. And he, he focused on the right thing. He focused on what you could become if you would channel what you had and focus it where it needed to be. And look at what you said. He, his words have still had impact. They impacted you then and obviously they've mm-hmm. impacted you to this day and uh, yep. what a what an amazing tribute you know, for what he was able to do for you, you know, and uh, kind of uh, just another part of the legacy that it leaves, leaves behind all of the accolades and wrestling, all of the great things. There's so many more things that that guy did for people that, uh, oh, that go
1: salt of the earth type of person.
0: Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I love that you brought, brought that up. Um, I hadn't realized it was a couple of years, but that was a, it's just such a difficult time when we heard that. And yet you're absolutely right. I do remember thinking, he was out doing the thing, you know, one of those things that he was so passionate about. And, you know, it's, it was, it was tragic in that we lost him at way too young of an age, but like you say, it it ultimately wasn't in that respect that he was doing something that he absolutely loved, you know, when it happened. So uh, yeah. Wow. Great, great, powerful quote. Um, And can you see, uh, can you, uh, do you see coaches being able to take this quote and apply it with their teams? Kind of some of the ways that you did Silas, do you see it as being something? That, I, Cause that's one of the things that I find with these quotes is, is how could I, uh, how could I do this, use this with my team? How could I use this with
1: kids? Well, more and more we see, uh, from my time to now with athletes, sports have become a, a bigger focal point in life. Uh, more of a, must-have type of deal. It's almost like a drug for some people. If mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I don't like using drugs and, and sports and analogy together, but it really is. It's 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 like something that they crave. They have to have, and you know, they put. You can flip this quote. I think my mindset, anyhow, of if if the passion and love is there, that they'll die trying to achieve that that goal of whether it's a a basketball state championship or a volleyball or, or golf or wrestling or football or whatever it may be, you know, that they'll, they'll die trying to get where they want to go. And that's, yeah, we know that's a figurative, figurative form of speech in that regard. But, but when we've coached in the combined amount of years that you and I have coached, we've seen kids give it their all, uh, I mean, damn near die trying to achieve whatever it was to beat a person on a mat, to beat a team on a court, whatever it might be. So I think you could really spin that in that regard um, for your super passionate kids, the ones that sports is their drug and uh, that they, they can't live without it, you know, yeah. and, and they'll, they'll die trying to achieve their goal. And, and a lot of, you know, we know that there's a lot of kids out there, athletes and students that are people pleasers and they will die trying to please the coach or the teacher, so to speak. Um, and, and you could spin that on a whole nother direction there.
0: Absolutely. And you could also take it to the other kid, the opposite kid who isn't really all that into it. And you can turn and go, look, do you see your teammates here? What they're willing to put forth here and what they're giving to this, you know, you're doing them a disservice by not giving everything that you've got to this. Not that you have to die trying, but you got, let's pick it up a little bit because you got teammates around you who are trying to do everything in their power to make you the best you can be and make this team the experience the best it can be. We all need to make sure that we're all and raising our own our own effort level and our own focus on that so uh yeah I think there's a variety of ways you could do absolutely that. oh, well that's uh, that was that's awesome Silas well I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about that quote because that uh, like I had said to you when you you messaged me about it, I was like oh that's coming from a different place and yet I love the quote so so uh Silas if anybody is interested in reaching out and want to connect with you to you know hear about what kinds of what you know talk more about that quote or in any other way uh how can they get in touch with you
1: uh so they can email me at uh counts underscore i at yahoo.com okay. or scounts um at milescityk 12mtus those those are my two used uh email addresses and i check them frequently Okay. So if they get they get thrown into spam in one, I should be able to catch it in the other. All right. Um, yeah.
0: So yeah, and I'll I'll put those um, your those email addresses in your um, in the show notes so that people, if they do want to reach out to you, can do so. And uh, Miles City, that's Miles City, Montana. And um, yep, yeah, and uh, you, you're he's a, you're a elementary school principal, is that right, or administrator of some sort? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Elementary school principal of a, a one through six school. All right. Um, a staff of about, oh fifty, 50 and, uh, it's quite, quite the adventure.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I can enjoy it thoroughly. I- I can imagine. Yeah. It's, uh, there's nothing like the education realm. So uh, it is no. it is the best in so many ways. So Silas, Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for being with us today and, uh, yeah, and sharing that quote with us. Cause uh, yeah, that was, that was obviously uh, just a really good one. And I really enjoyed having this time getting back in touch with you. So thanks so much for being well, with us.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I hope yeah. you get some use out of that you
0: yeah, absolutely. All right. And, uh, yeah, that wraps up another episode of the great quotes for coaches podcast. Join us next week when we have, uh, probably not sure if it'll be another interview one or if it'll be one with me. So you'll, uh, you'll have to check us out uh, then. So we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the great quotes for coaches podcast please do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help us get more people listening to the motivational messages from the quotes we discuss. Finally, check out our new website at slamdunksuccess.com for more materials to help you on your journey to becoming the best you're capable of becoming. We've got big plans for new and exciting projects to help leaders grow and develop as we head into 2021. I look forward to serving you again next time with another great quote for coaches.